I say this every year, but um, I think it's worth saying every year. I love Advent at our church. I just, I love it. I love it so much. The decorations, the candles, the events, the ministries, uh, the devotions, the singing, the music. I mean, the music, it is joyful. And I don't mean just joyful. It is joyful. Now, as we talked about earlier, that's not to say that, that Advent or Christmas is a fix, that it is a fix to anything. Uh, we need to acknowledge the struggle uh, because the struggle is very real. One of the reasons I love Advent at our church is because we try to acknowledge the struggle in the midst of celebration. In fact, not just even during the season of Advent, but really in any season of our life. We try to remain open to it and we don't use Christmas just as this easy answer to the real struggles and situations that we find ourselves in. The joy of Christmas is not that we turn on a happy switch or have, that we have to put on a happy face. It is the hope. The hope that we will experience God in the midst of whatever season of life we find ourselves. That we will find God in our midst. This is the thrill of hope. And it can be hard to know that hope at first, because as we've been talking about, hope can start off very, very vague and very mysterious. It can be hard to understand. In Charles Dickens' story, A Christmas Carol, when Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by the spirit of Christmas past, the story reads that Scrooge is not really sure what he's looking at. It's, it's, this, weird, it's this weird figure uh, at first, it starts out young, but then it looks old. It's short, but then it's tall. It has no arms, and then it has 20. And there is this huge, bright light protruding out of the top of its head. This light continues from the spirit, and it shines, and it shimmers. And sort of in the midst, in between this flickering light, Scrooge is seeing all these different images. And so it makes us wonder, is the spirit really changing forms all the time, or is it just that Scrooge is trying to filter through what he is able to understand? In fact, I was thinking about that I was, as I was looking at Ron's painting. I have no idea what Ron's making. I don't even know if Ron knows what he's making. <laughs> But I find myself looking at it. I'm looking at like, are those candles? Is it, is it a river? Is it, is it, is it light? Is it, I don't know. But is that, is that because, is that because Ron is just going crazy on, on the portrait? And that might be. Or is it me? Am I trying to understand what the creator is doing based from my own human understanding and experience? And how does that affect my filter? How does that affect my vision. So is the spirit really changing or is it that Scrooge is just trying to understand from his own humanity? And as we know about Scrooge, his own brokenness. Is God hard to see and to know because God is so all encompassing? God is so powerful and majestic and out of our reach that we can't really see. Or are there things that have been placed in and on our filters that we call human experience that can cloud our vision, that can cloud our understanding, that can, that can cloud our connection. As we might say in the current, how are we experiencing God currently? Psalm 80 gives us an idea of how the Israelites saw God 
in the moment, in the midst of their oppression, in the midst of their struggle, in their midst, their desire for freedom. They write, give ear, O shepherd of Israel. So this is part of how they're seeing God in the moment as a shepherd. You who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might. Come and save us. Now, are they saying that because they feel as though they don't have a shepherd? Are they saying that because they feel as though God is removed? That God needs to come in because God's not there already? This is who you are, they're saying. This is how we see you. And this is what we hope you will do. That you will save us. That you will restore us. How long they continue. How long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among ourselves. And so in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their oppression, they're seeing God at least partly in this way of of anger, of abandonment, of not being there for them. And so we acknowledge that the struggle can be very real in Advent, that it has been real for thousands of years. We see it, we hear it, we experience it, and it affects our view, it affects our senses, it affects our behavior, it affects our very being. It affects us so much that at times we are not who we are supposed to be. In the movie Soul, we get this story of what happens when we die, that how our souls move on, or at least they're supposed to. And sometimes they can get stuck or they can get trapped, maybe even because of the life that that soul lived, that they get lost. They get stuck on this astral plane and they turn into these different creatures, these creatures that are black and dark. And they sort of just wander through this, this valley of, of desert and, and night and darkness and they've lost their way. They've lost their way and they have this outward appearance of this darkness that's swirling around this place actually gets put upon them so much so that they totally change form and they get lost and and they don't know where they're going. They don't even realize that they're lost and they just kind of wander through life. They allow obsession and and labels put upon them and wandering through this stuff and, and thinking this is who I am now. This is who I'm supposed to be. How do we how do we get that stuff off? That stuff that either we have walked into or that that stuff that has placed been placed upon us. How do we get rid of it? How do we experience restoration? And so going back to Scrooge and the spirit. Scrooge asked the spirit, why are you here? And the spirit says your welfare But then the spirit goes even deeper and it says, I am here for your reclamation. I am here so that you may be reclaimed. The spirit is there so that Scrooge may know and experience restoration. Because when we are restored, we are brought back to our true humanity, the person the people we are supposed to be, the humanity, the goodness of God's creation. Because remember, way back in the beginning, when we are created, God calls us good. We are created 
to be good, to do good. Now, some of our grammar folks out there may say, no, we're supposed to do well. But this goes beyond that. (laughs) It's okay in this sense to say we do good because that's God's declaration of us. We do good because ultimately we are good. That's who God has created us to be. So how do we experience this goodness? How do we get back to it? How do we experience restoration so that we can be who we are supposed to be? I've noticed lately a lot of people have been able to take time off, either because of, you know, just regular vacation or maybe the Thanksgiving holiday for whatever reason. And I've noticed that they've come back. They're different. They, they, they seem lighter. They seem happier. They seem to respond in a different way. And they're, they're saying weird things. Just like kind of pontificating in the midst of, you know, all of the, you know, the, the, the gritty stuff that we're supposed to be taking care of. And they even kind of say crazy things. And it reminds me of Bill Murray's character, Scrooge, when he goes through his Scrooge experience and he experiences restoration and he goes on global TV and he starts talking all this nonsense about the good of humanity. And finally, he says, I'm not crazy. It's Christmas. It's the one time of the year where we all act a little nicer, we smile a little easier, we cheer a little more. For a few hours out of the whole year, we are the people we always hoped we would be. And that little piece I would edit, I would say we are the people we are supposed to be. And that's the miracle. The miracle is God helps us to remember who we really are. This is why Jesus was born. This is why we celebrate. Even in the midst of struggle, we are in the relationship with the very person who offers us restoration. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder is a new and glorious morn. That morn is coming. We will continue to see what hope is, who hope is, more clearly as we continue to journey through Advent together. And as we do, I encourage us to find ways to unplug, to find ways to relax, to enjoy. And I know that's easier said than done, but I really encourage us to disconnect from stuff and reconnect with people with family, with friends, with neighbors, with our own congregation. And in the midst of this, to remember who we truly are. So all of these events that we talked about, you know, the events that, you know, can take a lot of time in the beginning, it's not just stuff to keep us busy. These are outward visible signs of the inward spiritual grace of God, that God is in our midst and we can all be a part of it. One last event I want to let you know about is our Blue Christmas service that we will have on Thursday, December 15th. We always have it in our chapel. It's usually a small service, but it's specifically for those who find Christmas time to be a struggle for whatever reason. It may be grief, it may be frustration, it may be exhaustion, whatever it is. If you are finding Christmas to be a struggle, we want you to be a part of this service. 
And if you know of those who are struggling during the Advent season, please know that they are welcome. They don't have to be a member of our congregation. But we want to acknowledge that the struggle is very real. But in the midst of that is the hope of restoration. There were these two teenagers once sort of talking theology. And one of them says, you know, I really like the idea of tikkun olam. It's a Jewish belief that the world is broken into millions of pieces and it's everybody's job to find those pieces and put them back together. And the other teenager thinks about it for a minute and he says, maybe we're not supposed to find the pieces. Maybe we are the pieces. We know that sometimes that image of hope, the path to restoration, sometimes it can be murky, sometimes it can be dark, it can be confusing. We may feel as though we're on the complete opposite path where we need to be but the light does get brighter the image does get stronger and the hope is that we start to see more clearly that which has been in front of us the whole time so it is our hope that as we continue through this journey of advent we will continue to see that picture we will hear that story we will know that experience that god truly is in our midst and as we experience it for ourselves may we also take that invitation and encouragement to be that hope that light that peace, that joy, that love to the world. When you come to this table, may we experience restoration so that we may go out into the world and offer that restoration to others. And now and through this Advent season and beyond, may we go in God's peace and God's love. Amen.